So we are going to continue the series we've been doing called Travel Light, and we're talking about leaving some of the baggage that kind of weighs us down, especially around the Christmas season. So we've been talking about letting go of distractions, letting go of bitterness, letting go of all these different things that weigh us down. And today we're going to talk about letting go of control. Now, I know uh, some of you are probably like me, and you like to be in control. Anybody like that? Yeah. (laughs) Anybody like to, uh, whenever you go on a trip, you have to drive? Because I want to be in control, right? right. Uh, So we talk about that, and that's why I love that song that we sang, available, because we're saying, Lord, I'm going to give you control of everything. I'm going to give you control of these things. (laughs) Now, when we read about the birth of Jesus, which we're going to do today in Luke chapter 1, we see that Mary and Joseph were not in control at that point, because when Jesus was born, they were forced to go where? To Bethlehem to pay taxes. I know one Sunday school teacher asked her class, like, why was Jesus born in Bethlehem? They said, because that's where his mom was, right? But he was really born there because he was forced to go there, and God was orchestrating all that. But some of us like to be in control. A lot of us like to be in charge of our destiny, right? We, wanna, we want things to go the way we want them to go. Everything has to be a certain way. You know, we have to load the dishwasher. Everything has to go this way. It can't go that way. If you put it that way, I'm going to unload it and load it back my own way because it's got to be that way. Some of us are like that with our tools. Screwdrivers go in this drawer. Wrenches go in this drawer. Don't just lay things on the workbench because that irritates me. You know, that kind of stuff. Some of us are like that in our cars. Want everything in a certain spot. Others are just like, I oh, just toss it in. It's fine. You know, it'll all shake around when I get there anyway, right? So some of us are control people. We want things a certain way. Well, we see in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, we see the story here picks up with a young lady named Mary. Now, Mary, most people think, was between 13 and 15 years old. She was engaged to a man named Joseph. She was actually betrothed, which is like engagement plus one, all right? And typically, in this era, you were in a prearranged marriage. Mary didn't pick Joseph. Her parents picked Joseph. Now, teenagers, think about that. Your parents pick your spouse, Some of your eyes are getting about this big, right? And how does that work? Well, you learn to love them, right? You learn to do that. And so so Mary is in a pretty good spot. She's got a nice young man she's engaged to. She's about to be married. You know, she's probably planning her wedding pictures, you know, and, and the cute engagement shots on the bridge with the sunset, you know, that she can put on Instagram and all that. She's going through all the things that young ladies think about. Now, she didn't have to pick where she was going to live because they already knew that. They're going to live in Joseph's house with his parents. They just add on a room, and, and there you go. Typically, is how that worked. But she's got it set up pretty well. And then an angel shows up. So Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, it says this. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth is uh, the mother of John the Baptist, who is uh, Mary's cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now, that's important. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. What's that next word? Confused. Confused and disturbed. Have you ever felt confused and disturbed before? Many of us have spent the entire 
2020 year, confused and disturbed, right? That's just how we've lived. So Mary had things under control, and this angel shows up and said, hey, God is with you. You're highly favored. Uh, okay. She was confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name his Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Whoa. Now, as a young Jewish lady, she knows all about King David. She knows that he's supposed to have an ancestor that's going to be on the throne forever, the Messiah. She knows this because she's learned this since she was a kid. But there's a problem, right? Mary asked the angel, how can that happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant, and she was not able to have kids. In her old age, people used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Now listen to what Mary says. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. Say this with me. May everything you have said about me come true. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. Those words... May everything you've said come true. Or in other translations, may it be as you've said. Mary is doing what? Giving up control. Mary knows that to become pregnant outside of wedding is a big no-no. Everybody knows Mary is betrothed to Joseph. She's engaged. Everyone knows that she should not be pregnant because they're not married. All right? And she knows that this is going to change the trajectory of her life forever. And she said, let it happen. Let it happen. And some of us are control people. Many of us are control people, especially as Americans. We like to be in control. How many of you have to fold your laundry a certain way? Right? Does it bother you when your spouse folds it the wrong way? How many of you have to vacuum a certain direction? I'm weird like that. I like the lines going this way. That's why I vacuum in my house. I want them going this direction, right? It's weird, but all right. We're weird like that. Some of you say, well, I'm not a control person. I'm just very organized. I'm very organized. I like things a certain way. I'm not, I'm not a control. I'm just, I'm organized. Or I'm a planner. Things have to be a certain way because I'm a planner. I don't like things being out of the way. You know, I don't like, you know. I'm, so we're going to talk about today. How do we allow God to have his way in our lives. How do we say like Mary, let everything, Lord, you said come true? How do we say, like we said in this song, Lord, I am here. I am available. Have your way in me. Well, if we want to get there, and that should be our goal, is to say, Lord, just have your way, we have to understand that we don't always have control. Even when we think we have control, we really don't have control. And if this year has taught us anything, it's that we really don't have control. Who would have thought three years ago that a virus would shut down our country overnight? I remember we, were, we, were, we had planned to go up to a college visit in Minnesota when this whole thing started with our daughter. And we said, you know, I don't, I don't think this is going to be that big a deal, but I don't know. And so we decided, well, we'll just, we won't do that. We'll just take the kids and we'll go to another town and, and have some fun. And while we were there, chaos happened. Like, we went to the grocery store just to grab something, and it was, like, empty. Remember that? When this thing first started? 
people were freaking out. They were buying paper towels and toilet paper and all the meat and even like hot dogs. Like who wants a hot dog? And now, you know, they were all gone. People wanted to be in control and this virus made us feel like we were out of control. So we can't always control situations. We have to understand that we cannot always control situations. Mary is this young lady. Obviously she has great faith, but she's just an ordinary girl. And an angel shows up and he says, I'm about to change your entire life. <laughs> Everything you think is going to happen is not going to happen. God ever done that to you before? <laughs> I'm about to change things for you. And you have two choices. Obey or run. And so she had these things laying out, you know, and probably in her mind, she's got, okay, you know, Joseph and I'll get married. We'll have this little room and I'll cook with his mom and we'll We'll fold laundry together, and, you know, we'll have kids and maybe a dog, you know, no cats, but maybe a dog or two. You know, we'll have all these things, you know, I'll learn to make pita bread. We'll do all this stuff. And then an angel shows up. I'm engaged to this nice young man. I have a good reputation in town. And then an angel shows up. And so she, Mary, guys, think about this. Mary had no plans to change the world. Mary's like, I'm just an ordinary girl. I'm going to raise a nice family. And then an angel shows up. And guys, many of you have had plans in your lives, and then God shows up and does something different. But how many of you know if we follow God's plan for our lives, it's always better than what we had? Always. Now, it's not always easier, but it's always better. And guys, some of you, God has been talking to you about something. You may be sitting at home watching this on a screen, and you're like, stop talking. <laughs> don't talk anymore, because I don't want to hear this. Some of you, God has been speaking to you about doing something. Maybe it, it's starting a ministry. Maybe it's changing jobs. Whatever that may be. Maybe God's been prodding you to talk to a neighbor or start a business or something. Whatever it is. And you've been fighting because you want to be in control. Guys, if we allow him to have his way, it's going to be better. It is. It's going to be better. So we don't always have control of our situations, but... We can control how we react to those situations. I can't always control what happens to me, but I can always control how I respond. You can't control things that happen, but you can control how you respond. Again, when the pandemic started and all the lockdowns came, we acted differently, didn't we? People that had faith, people that had a relationship with Christ were able to say, it's going to be okay. There are other people who really thought the zombies were going to show up at their doorsteps. They thought the world was going to end. But we could say, I can't control what happens, but I can control how I react. And Mary was in this situation. She could say, yeah, I surrender to what you want, Lord. Or she could have said, no, <laughs> I got a good thing. I got a nice young man I'm going to marry, and you know, we're going to have dogs, and we're going to do this. And... But she didn't. She said, let everything you said happen. But everything you said, and guys, here's the thing. Craig Rochelle, I love this quote. He said, you don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. You don't always have the power to control, but you can always surrender. And guys, here's one thing I do know. Most of our biggest regrets in life come because we didn't surrender to God's plan. Most of our biggest regrets happen because we didn't surrender to what God wanted for us. Maybe I knew I wasn't supposed to date that person, but I did, and it ended in tragedy. 
Maybe I knew I wasn't supposed to take this job, but I did, and it ended in regret. Maybe I knew I wasn't supposed to hang around with this person, this friend, but I did, and I ended up in regret. Most of the times when we end up with regret, it's because we did something we knew we weren't supposed to do in our hearts, but we wanted what? Control. We wanted control. Mary had her own hopes and dreams, and this angel shows up and changes everything. And here's the thing, Mary didn't know how the story would end. Mary didn't know that Jesus would grow up and have to die. She thought the Messiah is going to come, he's going to be a great king, which he is. She thought it was going to be an earthly king, because that's what Israel thought. They didn't know God was completely changing things up. And so we must choose to either follow our own dreams or follow God's design for our lives. God has a plan for each of us. He has things that he wants us to do, things that only we can do. We don't always know what that is. And so our choice is, do, am I going to selfishly plow my own way and do what I want to do, or am I going to say, okay, Lord, I'll do whatever you're asking me. I'm going to say like Mary, yeah, okay, God, do this. And this is for those of us who are middle-aged, is for those who are in high school, those who are retired, God still has a plan. God wants to do things with us, and so we have to learn to surrender every single day. Every single day. God knows what's best. Mary didn't always know that. And so, here's the thing, though. Surrender is a choice. And there's no such thing as a partial surrender. There's no such thing as, okay, God, you can have this part of my life, but not this part. It's all or nothing. Well, how do you know? (laughs) Because I've been there. I'm still there every single day, just like you. We have to surrender. I know when I was in high school, I had a plan. I knew what I was going to do. I had scholarships lined up. I was going to school for this. I had my career path picked out. I had teachers already tell me, you got to do this. I had a nice girl I was dating. You know, I thought I had it all planned out. And then God started talking to me about being a minister, and I was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. I have this planned out, and ministers don't make that much money, and I want to make money, and I'm going to do this. I had everything planned out. So then I started to try to bargain with God. You know how we do that? Okay, I'll be a volunteer kids pastor on the weekends, and I'll still have my job and still have money and still be here and still drive this, and I'll, I'll give you part. And God's like, no, I want all of it. And this is what Mary said. You know what, Lord? I give it all. I give my future. I don't know if Joseph's going to understand this. I don't know what my parents are going to say, but I'm going to give it all to you. Because Mary knew, saying, yeah, Lord, you, you, I'll, I'll carry this baby. I'll, I'll do whatever it is you want. She knew this was going to be what? Scandal, right? Did you see Mary? She's not even married and she's pregnant. I thought she was a nice girl. I thought... And Mary knew I'm, I'm probably going to have to leave town, which she did for a while. And so surrender is a daily choice, guys, a daily choice. Whether you're 16, whether you're 23, whether you're 40, whether you're 70, it's a daily choice. God, I want to do what you want me to do every single day. And we have to understand, guys, that a desire for control is, is mostly a faith issue. Do I trust God enough to give him control of my life? Do I trust God enough to give him my future? Do I trust him enough to give him my career, my plans? Do I trust him enough to give him my kids, my family? 
Do I trust him enough? How do I do that? Well, our desire to be in control is often due to lack of faith. I want to be in control because I don't know that God can handle this. And how dumb is that, right? It sounds crazy. Now, yeah, you know, you can make the universe with a word, but I don't know if you can handle my job. You know, my boss is a little different. You know, I, I got to do this my way. I don't know if you can handle, you know, my kids are a handful. I don't know if you can handle my kids, God. I, you know, it's crazy to think that. But a lot of times it's a faith issue. Do I really trust you enough? Do I really trust? And I don't know what's going to happen. Mary didn't know what was going to happen. And sometimes we think we can handle these things better. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone, any of you, <coughs> try that again, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Jesus says we have to give up our soul and follow him. What does that mean, take up your cross? It means I have to die to myself every single day. I had to die to myself. I had to die to my wants, my desires, my plans every single day. Mary had to give that up. Okay, let it be. I'm going to give this up. So this means my plans to have this, to have that, to go here, to go there. I have to say, Lord, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. So am I willing to say, Lord, I give this up to you? Do I trust you enough? Do I have enough faith that you can do this to give this up? There's a Sunday school teacher again. She was asking her kids in her class about the Ten Commandments. I say, which one of these commandments talks about how do I relate with my family? They said, do not murder. (laughs) Some of us are coming up on Christmas, and we're going to spend time with our siblings that drive us crazy. We're going to spend time with our aunt that always picks on us or is always critical of us or our uncle that's always telling us, you know, how we're not as great as so-and-so. And And sometimes you just want to be like, but God, I trust you. God, I trust you with my family. God, I trust you with my future. I trust you with everything that I have. He says, you must give up your own way. So a lot of times it's due to a lack of faith, and other times it's due to a lack of trust. And I know that sounds like the same thing, but it's not. Faith is believing God can do it. Trust is believing that he will do it. God, I trust you to take care of me. God, I trust you. And so, you know, some of us... We feel like we've done enough wrong that God couldn't love us, that God couldn't care about our future, that God couldn't, I'm just insignificant, I'm just normal, I'm average. Trust is saying, God, I know that you care about me, and I know that you want the best for me, and I know you want the best for my family. Listen to what Peter says, 1 Peter 5, 7. Again, Peter is the guy that, you know, he was with Jesus, he had the big mouth, you know, I'll never leave you. Oh, yeah, you will. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah, you will. 1 Peter 5, 7. Listen to what he says. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. He cares about you. And guys, here's the thing. Jesus cared enough for us to come to this earth and be born of a virgin, a scandalous birth, to live a perfect life, 
to die in our place. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus came for us. Now, here's the thing, guys. He didn't just come for the world as a whole. He came for you individually, you as a teenager, you as a middle-aged parent, you. He cares about your job. He cares about your high school career. He cares about your family. He cares about your ministry. He cares about who you are. He cares about who you marry. He cares about all these things. And so sometimes we think, well, I don't want to bother God with that. He wants to be involved. But I have to be willing to say, God, I give you this. I give you my future. I give you my family. I give you my plans. And guys, I know some of you come from backgrounds where you weren't told I love you a whole lot. Some of you come from backgrounds that are a little messed up and you're scared. <laughs> some of you have had bad experiences with the church in the past. And you say, I don't know if I want that. I don't want to be one of those Jesus people. <laughs> I've seen them. I've seen how they act. I've seen how they treat one another. Guys, this all comes down to a trust issue. Do I trust the Lord enough to say, you know, I'm going to give you my life. Because I can guarantee you can keep doing your own thing, but it's not going to be nearly as good as what he has for you. It's not going to be nearly as good as what he has for your family. He cares about your future more than you do because he loves you. That's what Peter said. He cares about you. He cares more about your family than you do. Jesus loves your kids more than you do. I guarantee it. Jesus cares about the person that you marry. Jesus cares about what you do with your career because he wants to use you. He has a plan. He has people that you can touch and reach that, he can't, that no one else can. And so Mary had this great plan. She gave birth to this kid, Jesus. Jesus grew up, made all the religious leaders mad. And listen to what Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 26. He's getting ready to go to the cross, and he knows this. He knows he's got to fulfill God's plan for his life. He's in the garden praying. He says, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus had to give up his plans every day. Jesus had to give up his agenda, just like we do. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. All across this room, all of you watching at home, what is God speaking to you about? Do you have some area of your life that you're trying to hold on to? Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's relationships that you know you shouldn't be in, but you don't want to give it up. Maybe, you know, God's been talking about a job change, but you, you're comfortable where you're at. Maybe God's talking about moving or doing something, and, and you're comfortable, and you're saying, God, I, I really want to surrender, but it's so hard. I just need to trust. So I'm going to ask you all across this room, all of you watching at home, would you stand this morning if you're physically able? I'm going to ask you all just to close your eyes and just get along with God for a moment, right where you're at. Whether you're in your, well, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But the rest of you, close your eyes. And say, Lord, right now, I just want to shut myself in with you. And would you start showing me any areas in my life where I'm not trusting? Would you show me any areas in my life where I'm not surrendering? I'm trying to hold on to control, and God, I just really want to give that to you. I really want to be all in in this thing. I really want to be surrendered in this thing, but help me to trust. 
And I know some of you are here, some of you are listening, and you're saying, you know, it's so hard for me to trust because I've been hurt so many times in the past. But I can promise you, God will not hurt you. He won't fail you. His word says, I will never fail you. I will never leave you like other people have. And so it's a step. It's a step of faith. Some of you, you know, you've done really well, and you're saying, you know, I really want to be surrendered, but it's so hard because I'm so good at all this stuff. (laughs) Surrender. So, Father, all across this room right now, all across those watching at home, would you speak to our hearts today? And if there are areas in our lives where we're not trusting, would you speak to us about those things today? Would you talk to us about those areas we need to surrender control? Would you talk to us about those areas where we're afraid to surrender because we've been hurt in the past? God, would you show us those areas? And Lord, I know there are some watching, some listening, that have never surrendered their life to you, or, or maybe at one point they did, but they've taken control back, and they don't have a relationship with you right now, and they want to make that right. So if you're here today and you say, that's me, or you're watching at home, would you slip your hand up? I just want to give God control of my life again. I want to surrender back to him. I want to have a relationship with him again. We're going to say a prayer. I'm going to ask you to repeat this with us. And this is just you talking to the Lord. And this is a way to give up control. So all across this room, all of you watching at home, if that's you, would you just, we're all going to say it together. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your love for me. And thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place so I could be forgiven. Please forgive me for all my sins. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And guys, that's where surrender starts. <laughs> that's you giving up control of your life to Jesus. Now, if you're here, you're watching home, you say, you know, there's an area of my life where God has been prodding me and poking me, and I want to give him control. Would you slip your hand up? There's an area God's talking to me. I just want to give control. I've been trying to hold on, and I'm sick of holding on. I'm going to give him control. Father, I just pray for all those who raise their hands today that need to give up control, that need to trust in some area, whether it's their career, whether it's their family, whether it's relationships, whether it's just control in general. But God, I pray that you would help us to give you control of every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.